Hello everyone, welcome to another special episode of Azure On Air. I am Mary Narasi, Lead Product Consultant of Servers 360. I am excited to host an expert with close to 30 years of expertise in IT infrastructure with specialization in design, development and strategic direction and test. Today, let us learn from the expert the strategy to secure your data in the cloud. I'm excited to have Paul Stringfellow in our show. I think cloud is only a small part of what's changing the security model. Many of the traditional security models that they had in place were very much based around a location. Still, security is a thing that they react to to make your security thinking be data centric. Welcome, Paul. Hey, hey, and I see you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It's it's a real pleasure to be here. <laughs> pleasure is ours, Paul. Thanks for joining us on our show. Great to be here. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, delving into our topic around uh, security um, and, and how the, the public cloud has has really um, changed the way that we need to, to kind of approach our, our traditional security models. So looking forward to, to jumping into that conversation. Should be good. That's wonderful. For the next few minutes, it's only we both talking. <laughs> And we observe a massive adoption of cloud service providers like Azure like never before. Uh, Microsoft Azure users would agree with me that their cloud infrastructure grows faster than they expected. And fortunately, security vulnerabilities also grow with this growing infrastructure. What has been your observation in this line in the enterprises you have worked with, Paul? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, and I think it's always, um, it's always an interesting place to start. And I think one of the things that... I think one of the things that we've seen, and while we talk about cloud, um, I, I think cloud is only a small part of what's changing the security model for kind of the modern business, for the modern enterprise. Because I think the way that we've worked has changed hugely. And, and I, you know, and, and while that change has accelerated massively over the last 18 months for, for all of the reasons that you know, all, all of us are, are more than familiar with, um, that change was happening before that. You know, it's just been accelerated over over the last eighteen months as people have responded to the pandemic and have responded to new challenges and, and trying to find new ways of working. And I think what I've found is that in the organisations that I deal with, many of the traditional security models that they had in place were very much based around a location. So they would be based around their information, their applications, their users being within a data center, being within a head office, using enterprise IT equipment. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure as, as many of your, your listeners will have, have had in the past, the enterprise laptop being delivered to them um, all locked down so they can't do any of the fun stuff that they like doing. And, and then they will complain to IT support for the next three months about why they can no longer get onto certain websites. Um, mm -hmm. But all those things... Our security models were all based around those. But I think one of the things that we've seen has changed as, as workforces have been forced to become more distributed. As we've started, as you said in your introduction, as, he is, as we've moved into adopting the public cloud, all of those things have changed. You know, our data no longer lives inside of the data center on its own. You know, while, while some of it does, some of it will live inside of Azure, some of it will live inside of 365, some of it may live inside of Google Workspaces, um, or, or other SaaS platforms, you know, maybe SAP or Salesforce. You know, so our data has become very distributed, but so have our workforce. You know, our workforce has become equally distributed with people working from home. You know, today, you know, I, I suppose ask yourself if your if your security model is based around a perimeter. Well, where is the perimeter of your network? You know, it's no longer the the head office. It may be 
you know, as, as I'm, I'm recording this from my office, which is in a in a converted loft. So so maybe this is the edge of my network or maybe it's my smartphone or maybe it's a kitchen table or the local coffee shop. You know, it's it, it's kind of all of those places. And, and the idea that all of our users today are using enterprise IT equipment. You know, I, I use my own laptop. Um, it may be the iPad that the kids also play games on. You know, that might become your that might now be your new enterprise device. So all of these changes have meant we need to see a massive shift in the way that we approach our security of our data and, and our information. So, you know, that's kind of been the, the change that I've seen. And and that's been, you know, for many organizations that we deal with, that's something that they've needed to understand as well, because I think in many cases, they've not felt that their their security model has needed to change, even though the way that they work has evolved completely. That's, that's very true. Like now we need to extend our thought process to accommodate what are the different consumers that we are dealing with. And we need to really make the system reliable and highly secure to deal with such scenarios. And this is interesting and amazing, uh, the kind of business that we are dealing with. Now I'm curious to understand what is your role in helping the businesses uh, address these security vulnerabilities? Yeah, and I think that's a, I think that's another great question, and and maybe rather than um, talk about just what my role is, I think it, it it may help to kind of give an idea of um, the kind of things that businesses should be thinking about as well. So so my role is to kind of help organisations understand some of these things. I think you know, and and I think one of those well, well, we kind of talked about it in 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 that first question was that while the way that we work has changed massively. The many organizations haven't realized that that has meant that they need to evolve their security model. So I think the very first thing that I'm, I'm often tasked with doing is helping them to understand why they need to even be reevaluating re- re- the way that they look at security. Because I think in many cases, they still feel a perimeter firewall, some antivirus software um, and you know some some strict network internal controls inside of their data center are going to be enough and they've not thought about you know everything from adopting 365 adopting storage in an azure blob store um thinking about OneDrive or or, or a whole range of other things they've not not really considered those things so so i think that the first thing and, and perhaps the most important thing that that i help organizations to do is to try and understand you know try and educate i suppose you know that that how the world has changed try and build a a model where they start to see um, not not only that security has changed, but that security has to be absolutely central and core to their thinking. Um, you know, because I, I, I still think there's a lot of organisations we deal with. And as yeah, I, I'm not sure whether you see the same thing, but I think a lot of organisations we deal with, where they are still um, still security is a thing that they react to, um, so that their leadership, maybe their board of directors, um, will will only talk about security when they've been talking to a friend at the club that they go to, or they've read an article in in, in some trade press or, or just the, the, the usual press. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, there's lots and lots of um, enthusiasm from the board to do security. Um, but, but it's not really central to thinking. And, and, I think, and I think one of the other changes that we see um, that, that I try to understand, uh, help organisations understand, is to change the focus of their security as well. You know, as I said, kind of in the introduction, that for lots of organisations, they still see security as based around a technology type and a location. 
but actually and, and though it doesn't sound much of a shift i think it's a it's a really important shift for the the kind of modern environment we find ourselves in is to make your security thinking be data centric so so understand the way you use your data and then build your security into that data because what that allows us to do is give us a thing that we all desire i think in in kind of modern infrastructure which is data portability you know we need our data to run in multiple locations is to take that so to, is to build a security model that regardless of where that data now lives we maintain security and we, we maintain control so so i suppose the quick answer to your question was education and and exactly. helping organizations to understand what the change you know some of the changes that their organization are now now um, involved in have now adopted and help them to understand how that impacts the way they think about security Exactly. Educate is exactly the right word. I completely agree. Even with the enterprises that I'm dealing with, often security is uh, taught as an afterthought. Like after you build the application, we can inject it. But that's exactly not the case. We might have to follow security principles right from the design phase till we deliver it. And uh, that indeed needs uh, people like you to educate organizations to understand the importance of dealing with security on the complete data life cycle and I, well i think you make, i think you make a really good point as well in that you know if you if you look at the audience for your show here and and, and hopefully people who are uh, who are listening to this and, and are listening to this because they are involved in moving to the cloud you know they are cloud architects they are developers you know i think yeah. it's you know you made you made a great phrase there earlier on about it's it's hugely important that security is not an afterthought that security is a is a core design goal you know whether you're designing infrastructure or designing applications you know it's it's making sure that it's secure by default and so i think for for all of the people listening to this show you know part of that education is to make sure we are equally educated that we understand the threat and that we can um, yeah we can articulate that threat back into our businesses you know and 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 that and i don't think that's you know i i think that's on all of us you know security is something that impacts us all you know because ultimately when we talk about data often that data so you know often, sometimes that data is commercially sensitive so as a, as a business mm. you don't want to lose that because it's commercially sensitive but often that data also includes us you know yes. and whether that's the data that our companies hold or whether it's the data that the bank holds or the government holds you know we need to make sure that we are making sure that our own behavior is secure but we also need to be making sure that we are educating so that those organizations who hold our data are also making sure that they're taking appropriate care you know it's it's why the world has changed so much in terms of data regulation you know whether it's gdpr whether it's the californian data protection act you know or or, or a host of other um acts around the world you know that they have been implemented because actually as businesses and organizations we've been really poor traditionally of taking care of people's information you know sensitive information of taking care of that information in the past so but yeah i mean i think if there's one thing that maybe people take from from our chat today is to make sure that they also educate themselves and understand why security impacts absolutely every element of, of what we do as, as it professionals exactly so we are responsible for the data that we are dealing with and as we speak um uh, people might understand how complex it is to implement and security guidelines in a business uh, environment uh, do you have any predefined approaches that are proven to work with uh, various business domains that you are dealing with yeah i think one of the things that we um 
I think one of the things that we should be looking to adopt, and and if you've spent any time, um, obviously we're talking about um, Azure here, you know, so as a, as a Microsoft cloud technology. But if you've yeah. taken any time to listen to Microsoft talk about security recently, you know, at any time over the last two or three years, or you've spoken to anybody in the security field, you will hear the phrase of zero trust, you know, a zero trust security model. Um, and, and I suppose if we're talking about something that we should be adopting, that's something to familiarize yourself with, to start to understand what a zero trust security model is. Um, and, and I suppose the way I, I like to think about it is that traditionally our approach to security was very much based on implying trust. So, and, and the way we would imply that trust was based on a user logging on in a location on a device that we kind of know something about. Um, and and the issue, uh, what would then happen with that is that once we've once we've secured that person once, once we've seen that log on, we then assume that that person is always that person, and we trust that person implicitly across our entire infrastructure. So we no longer, um, you know, we 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 don't make checks. Validate them. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We exactly. Yeah. We don't validate them. That's a great word, actually. Yeah. We we don't we don't revalidate that connection. We don't look at um, the way they're behaving. We don't look at the kind of things that we're doing. Um, you know. So it's that idea of you log in once and we just trust you all of the time. You know, zero trust is kind of the opposite of that. It's it's as though zero trust trust nobody ever. You know, they never trust anybody and you've got to continually validate, actually take your phrase again. You've got to continually validate yourself. You know, and, and I think if there's a if there's a starting point that I, I always look for people to to or, or try and encourage people to adopt is the idea and it's and it's kind of a tenant of zero trust, is this idea of assume that you've been breached. You know, because traditionally a lot of our security model has been based around a user inside of our head office accessing information in our data center that we have built lots of things there where we are assuming that a, a cyber bad actor has not accessed beyond the perimeter of our security. Zero trust kind of turns that on its head. And, and I think it's a great place to start, you know, whether you want to call it zero trust or, or anything else, is to assume that a bad actor has already got some level of access to your systems and it's about how you then respond to that so how do we make sure that that bad actor cannot get cannot get access to our sensitive information our business asset as i like to call it you know i, I like to you know I, I talked earlier on about changing the way that we think about security with this with this greater focus around data you know one of the things that i try to encourage organizations to to consider is that data should be looked at as any other business asset. As a person, you know, in the way that we look at our people as assets, in the way we look at our buildings as assets, heck, the way that we look at company cars as assets, you know, our our data and our information is equally as important, maybe more important more as a business asset than, than some of, uh, probably certainly than the company cars are, you know, maybe not more important than our people, but more important than a building and a, and a company car maybe. And, and I don't think that we... I don't think that we do look at data in that way still in, in a lot of organizations. So, you know, so, so I think if we were, we're looking to build one model is that idea of consider zero trust. You know, the idea that you've been breached already, mm -hmm. that there was already a bad actor trying to access your systems. They've got around any kind of perimeter security and think about, OK, what do I do next? If a bad actor is already through my perimeter, what does that mean? And how do I make sure that the worst that they can do is look around but not actually get access to anything that's valuable 
that's wonderful uh, like we have our uh, entire infrastructure hosted in azure upon and uh, what azure uh, a security center recommends you is to enable multi-factor authentication so that you have an additional layer of security to ensure that you, nobody is impersonating your authorized users yeah and, and i would think for, for perhaps for, for the audience for this show as well you know in, in lots of those cases you you may well have privileged access to um, you know, to, to accessing Azure tenant. It may not just be your Azure tenants. You know, if you're developing for for a, a customer, you know, that, that you're going to have potentially some privileged access there. Um, and, and I think one of the things that we're seeing, um, again, another really powerful tool that Microsoft have available inside of um, Azure, for, for particularly for managing Azure, in fact, is the idea of privileged identity management. You know, and so, so this is kind of an, another a core tenant of zero trust in that mm. rather than because a user has logged on that we then trust that user forever privileged mm. identity management is around making sure that when a user connects they only connect to the resources they need access to for the time that they need access to so kind of just in time access um mm. maybe for, for want of a better phrase um mm. and so so what that the, the way that shows itself in azure is that we can you know all of those multiple roles that you'll be familiar with that say that we can give certain users access to certain roles in Azure. So we don't we don't make everybody global administrators. You know, we might make somebody a Intune administrator and a user administrator and a help desk administrator. Well then I our users who have those privileged access rights don't need those privileged access rights all of the time. They need them to the, for the time that they need to do their tasks. Exactly. And then we take those away. So privileged identity management is again something that's part of Azure, something that we can turn on and something that we can enable. And and I'm seeing this as a this is a conversation that people are starting to have, but interestingly, I'm not seeing very many organizations actually do it because I think they feel it's an, an added layer of administration problem. Um, but I think if we were to compare that to the potential impact of a global administrator account getting breached by a bad actor, well, your, your, your listeners to this show will know exactly the impact that an administrator of an Azure tenant can have when they find how to delete the Azure tenant. Um, you know, I, I think the I think the impact can't, of privilege. Can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the the, the idea that the the um, you know the potential um, additional step that an admin might have to take to access a, a resource via privileged identity management uh, is a lot less of a problem than uh, somebody breaching that administrator account and pressing delete on your tenant. Uh, I think, as you said, Ezzy, yeah, you, you can't even begin to imagine how you try and recover from that. Um, and, you know, and there's, there's stories that, you know, we're probably all familiar with of companies who have disappeared overnight because that's been the impact. They've lost that tenant and they've not got any kind of plan to get it back. There's no undelete button. You know, Microsoft don't have a tenant undelete option um, because once you've done it, you've done it. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, secure identity. And, and I suppose the third step that I, I look to encourage people to do is make sure that they're insure, it, they're, they're, they're securing their data appropriately. I talked before about data-centric thinking. So think about things like data loss prevention. Think about sensitivity labels. Now, it's another great technology that Microsoft have as part of their their, uh, their cloud stack is the idea. And, and the reason sensitivity labels, it's, it's kind of information rights management. You know, it's the idea that we're embedding that security into the file itself, into the data itself. And, and we can start to do that now inside of Azure in things like database tables as well, so that we're in, injecting that security. You know, we talked about secure by design right at the beginning, um, you know, that we're making sure that the information and the infrastructure 
is uh, are independent, secure, sorry, securely independent, if that makes sense. So the idea that once the data leaves our organization, once it leaves our control, it actually never leaves our control because the information, that the, the, the security rights are, are built into that information so that wherever that information lives, we can still control it and secure it. And, and if you don't have access to that information when it's inside your data center, it doesn't mean because you've copied it to a USB stick and taken it home, it doesn't mean that you've still got access to that information. If you don't have access to it, that information in one location, you don't have access to that information in any location. And that's such an important shift as, you know, because I think one of the things that people, it, it's easy to talk about securing a location, but one yeah. of the challenges we get with that, and you know, and you, you will see this in, in your role, that one mm. of the challenges we see as organizations is that we need to collaborate. We need to share, you know, we need to be able to share our information. We need to be able to share our data. So making sure that we can maintain security and control Secret. of that data as, as we go forward, that, that's hugely important. So so if if you wanted to ignore everything else that I've said for the last five or six minutes, the three mm. things that you should want to take away, secure access, secure identity, secure the data. data. Just remember those three things. Yes. <laughs> and Microsoft has got tools in place to support that. Conditional access, multi-factor authentication, and data loss prevention and data encryptions in risk and transit. That's yes. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, and, and absolutely right. You know, I think that the, the you know I think Microsoft did a great job in building security into Azure into three six five. Um, and, and I think it's one of those challenges you talked earlier on about kind of what's what's the thing that you know one of the things you might encourage a, an organization to do, understand mm. what Microsoft can do for them. You know, not only in while moving to the cloud presents new security challenges, what moving to the cloud also does is like the cloud does in so many areas allows us to adopt technologies that maybe traditionally on-premises were really, really hard to adopt. Things like information rights management, really hard to do on-premises, really easy to turn on in the Microsoft Cloud, you know. So so look at and embrace the new technologies, security technologies that you've got access to that can allow you to build really complex and really robust and strong security strategy and security policy and can allow you to do that really easily and make it really you know make it very very easy for you to get access to so um so well yeah well absolutely moving to the cloud and these new working models present challenges these new working models also present really strong really good solutions to those problems as well exactly that involves a learning curve and we have communities that support us to enable ourselves uh, to make this journey smooth and better and uh, one such initiative from you in the recent uh, that we have observed is your uh, Tech stringy daily buckle, uh, Paul. Tell us more about this. Um, what is your idea here, and how are you helping the community with the? Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, so so I think one of the things that um, you know, so for people, obviously you, you introduced me before. So I mean, some so people may have come across things that I've done before as as tech stringy um, on on the uh, on the internet, um, all over the place. So techstringy.com. Uh, I have a I have a podcast that as he's uh, been a fantastic guest on in the past. Um, yeah, so I, so I have a podcast um, and. Um, and, and I write a lot of articles, so I do a bit of research work for uh, for Gigome, who are um, an analyst firm, um, alongside my my day to day tasks as a as an IT director at a company called Garden Systems here in the UK. Um, and and one of the things that I look to do is is to try and share some of my own enthusiasm for IT and, and the topics I have. So um, yeah, so that kind of daily newsletter that you see come out, um, you know, that's just looking to curate information together that um, that, that are in, that are 
in areas of interest, um, you know, in, in kind of the, the day-to-day technology interests that I have. Um, but, you know, that's that's something that I look to do in as many cases, I am, which is why I was, I was thrilled to, to join you today and, and be part of your show, uh, you know, just to try and share yes. some of the ideas and some of the uh, technology that's available to help people better secure their, their kind of business assets as, as we change the way that, that, that we're looking to looking to work. So, um, yeah, so, so there's that and, and there's, you know, other things, articles, podcasts, etc. that, you know, that I, I, both the stuff that I do and, and that others do that I try to, to kind of share out there. And, um, you know, if, if people want to come and find me online, they will find TechStringy somewhere at TechStringy on Twitter um, or, um, you know, TechStringy.com, visit, visit my website and you can find other ways to, um, to either you know contact me or probably more likely ignore me, um, which is uh, which may, may be the result of me being on here. Well, you are a wonderful source of information in various forms, podcasts, blogs, like what we need, you have it. Really useful and interesting conversation, Paul. I'm sure our listeners also would enjoy um, the, the talk by you on uh, Azure Security. Uh, wonderful having you on our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Covey.co. 